Oh, that. that's right. My bad. All right. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> Jesus. So that's my co-host huffing and puffing over there. Co-host, <laughs> you're the co-host. Nah, you're the plus one. Nah, no, nah, so. it's like uh, you're you're Andy Richter. I'm Conan O'Brien, my friend. All right, fine, deal, whatever. So uh, that's my buddy uh, Lanier, um, or Tony, because he'll say my Tony. Lanier yeah. is my middle name. Um, uh, so today on the podcast we have WLS Barbie. Welcome. Hello. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, well, my name is Kayla. Um, I'm originally from Sydney, Australia, but I live in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's and uh, yeah, no, go ahead, continue. I'm sorry. No, I was just gonna say the whole Barbie thing. Like I've always loved Barbie. I've you know my whole life I've been morbidly obese, and then I've uh, just uh, pretty recently lost about 205 pounds. And that's that's just amazing by itself. Like, Thank you. so how long have you lived in, in America? Um, wow. Now I'm going to think, uh, probably around 13 or 14 years. Oh, cool. Yeah. What brought you here? You know, I was young at the time and I just wanted to travel <laughs> and I've, I've always loved Vegas. So I just, I felt like, oh, I need to be here. I just needed to be in Vegas. Um, so I, you know, packed my bags and said, mom and dad, I'm going to go for like three months, maybe six months. And then like 13 years later, I'm still here. They're probably like, you don't love us anymore. You don't love yeah, us. I don't, know. <laughs> the mom guilt trip is the best, you know. Oh, don't worry. If it. I fall down, I'll just die, I guess, without you being yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And the bad thing is uh, I'm like one of three girls. All three of us moved out together. So, like, my parents, like, were just mortified when all three of us just left. Oh, wow. Do you all I live know. in Vegas? Uh, yeah. Well, oh, cool. one of my sisters, one of my sisters just had a baby like two years ago. So she moved back home and she's raising my niece in Australia. So um, there, you know, she redeemed it for us. So we're like, yes, I'm bringing you thing. a grandchild. All forgiven. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All is forgiven now. So yeah, we're just chop living now over here. So yeah, I was on a Explorer page on Instagram, mm-hmm. what, maybe two weeks ago or something like that. And I just uh-huh. saw your picture and I right. clicked it and I started looking at your profile and stuff. And are you being creepy? <laughs> I wasn't. <Yeah. laughs> Maybe no, no. I wasn't being creepy, but um. So yeah, I found you, and you know, Lanier always tells me to you know get guests on the podcast from you just go on social media, throw a DM out there to people, you know. So and I yeah. did, and you responded, and I just want to thank you for coming on with us today, and thank you for doing it earlier than scheduled because I fucked up. Oh. All right, so you lost two hundred and five pounds. That is—that's a person. That yeah, I was like, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. like a person that's like five ten, like a dude that's like five ten or something. Yeah. Like, how did you? How did? Why? How? Why? How did you get into it? Like, what made you decide? Like, hey, I want to be, you know. Yeah. So for me, it it was never like I just you know gained weight all of a sudden I have always been big like you can even see I've got baby pictures on my Instagram like I've just it's just been who I who I am you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um and so I I just lived with it and I rocked it and I was always like that happy plus size girl and I always dressed really outlandish and I just I never let my weight stop me until it one day like it physically did like it started 
like putting restrictions on things I could do. Like I was noticing I couldn't walk and talk at the same time. I hadn't flown in a long while. And when I did, I needed two seats, uh, obviously a seat belt extender, but the, the fact that I actually needed to purchase two seats and I filled both of those seats. Um, I was like, man, like this, this is like, I've always just been happy, but I started to not be that happy me that I, I was, you know, because I, life, I wasn't living my best life. I wasn't living life to the fullest. And that's when like it clicked and I was like, okay, you need to change once and for all. And it, it wasn't through lack of trying through the years because I had been on every diet, on a diet, off a diet, yo-yo dieted like most people do. Yeah. Um, and I just couldn't sustain anything. And that's when I realized like, like I, I need help. I'm, I'm almost 350 pounds and I'm short too. I'm only like five foot three almost. Um, so my BMI was like, 62, I believe, um, you know, and, wow. and when I looked up my BMI, cause I, I never really was, I never really weighed myself. And then when I did, and I looked at my BMI, it said morbidly obese. And then like, I broke down that word and the morbid part was the part that really struck me. And I'm like, morbid, that's death. Like I love life too much. I don't want to die. And I'm too young. I'm too happy. Like I'm too, I've got so much zest for life that I, I need to keep living. And that, that morbid word really got me and I was like, scared the crap out of me and I need to change once and for all. So how did you um, lose the weight? So I looked into um, having weight loss surgery. It's something I had been researching for a while. I just didn't, uh, you know, I just didn't pull the trigger on it. And I had met with, you know, surgeons and I just didn't get a good vibe, but I I finally found a surgeon that I really liked. um, And, I had the gastric sleeve surgery done. Now, I know a lot of people think, oh, weight loss surgery is it's the easy way out, right? Yeah. Um, and you do lose weight right away, but it's, it has to come with a lifestyle change. Um, so for me, when the, the day I decided, hey, I want to do this was the day I mentally changed my, my relationship with food. You know, I, I cut out everything that was bad for me. Um, I, you know, I cut out, not saying that carbs are bad, but for me it was. I cut out carbs. I cut out sugar, processed foods. Like I kind of just went to a really basic, um, you know, kind of like natural diet. So, um, yeah, I just really watch what I eat. I've, I've learned how to eat for fuel to fuel my body versus like the emotional attachment we have with food. Um, so along obviously with the, the sleeve surgery that has kept me on track, I've also changed my mentality and my relationship with food. Um, and then just being active, you know, after losing a a good chunk of weight, I didn't hate working out as much as I, I did, you know, I'm being 350 pounds in a five foot three body. Like it hurts your ankles, it hurts your knees, everything hurts just to even walk. So I lost, I want to say I lost probably like a hundred pounds. Um, and that's when things felt easier to do. And that's when I just slowly started getting into fitness and, uh, working out and, and making that my lifestyle. That's, man, that's what people don't understand. Like when they say, oh, I was going to get surgery and I'll fix it. I'm like, oh, man, you may want to look into because I have a friend that she did it you know, in Memphis. And she kind of said like she had to change her relationship with food and how she felt and stuff like that because, you know, she had to, I think, I don't know if she's got the sleeve or not. But she got one of them and she can't have um, carbonation. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and she used to love drinking like sodas and stuff. And she's mm-hmm. like, do I want to die or do I want the soda? Yeah, and she's right. like, I, I don't want to die. So yeah. wouldn't the soda contribute to her weight gain, even if she got the surgery? But yeah, the, yeah it would. But like something about the, the thing would the mess up the, sl- the sleeve or the sleeve, what the, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, I mean, people still do it. People ignore the rules, um, but I'm a stickler for the rules. Like, I don't, I still won't even drink out of a straw, and I'm like four years post-op. Like, I like when I tell you everything that my surgeon said to me. Like, I have followed to a T, and I still follow to a T to this day. Like, you're not supposed to eat and drink at the same time. You're supposed to like wait an hour after you eat to drink, and I still do that. And people are like, you're crazy. Like, I've never met somebody that has just followed the rules as strictly. Well, I'm like you know what, like these rules are here for us to succeed. And if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come back in two years time and need a revision. Like uh, the weight's coming off and it's never coming back. You know? What is the straw thing? Yeah. Why can't you use a straw? Oh, you know, they say like when you're fresh out of surgery, like not to drink out of a straw because they're, um, you'll get like a little air pocket that goes down and it, you know, it can hurt your stomach and stuff like that. So I just, you know, did that. And because I stopped doing that, I formed the habit. And so I, you know, I won't even do it now. So, and mm. Hey, it's better for the environment. So why not? Mm, but just you like, have to be so dedicated. It's just, I mean, it's like yeah. anything else you have to follow yeah. what they tell you. Like you said, if you don't, you could yeah. mess up the sleeve, right? Is that what possible if you drink and eat I at the same time? Is that? Yeah. Well, also like for, um, because, if you if you drink right after you eat, what you've just eaten is just going to kind of slide straight through your stomach. So you'll, A, get hungry again and you're not going to absorb like all the nutrients you've just put in. So I like I, like I said, I follow the rules so strict, but it's worked for me. So, you know, if it's, if it's working, stick to it, you know. Um, but not everyone's going to be that strict and it's okay. And my motto is, you know, because I, I have friends that have had the surgery as well and they say to me, like, I can't do what you do. And I said, that's fine. You have to do what works for you. This is what works for me and this is what I can maintain and sustain. Do what works for you. You know, everyone does like the in moderation, have this, that in moderation, and that's perfectly fine if if you can stick to moderation. I know me. I'm an all or nothing girl. There is no moderation. Me too. <laughs> I know my limits and that, that works for me. It's like when I drink alcohol, like if we go out, it's either I'm going to get – super fucked up or right. i'm not gonna drink and if yeah, i don't like, drink a four day bender or nothing yeah if i don't drink i'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna be i don't want to go out because you know people my friends are like, hey you need something to drink you, need, you know just being friendly and asking you know politeness you yeah. know and like oh, i'm mm-hmm. good i'm not drinking right now and they're like oh, okay and then you get tired of just being out you know if you're not drinking yeah. and stuff because it's 1 a.m or 12 30 a.m and you know all your friends are having for you're all having fun but it's like Man, I've been up for 15 hours. I got to go home and sleep. Right, I, right. My, my body needs the beauty rest. Right? Seriously. I'm the same. So your page is just full of, like, energy, life, man. Like, I was, when I saw it, I was like, this is this is somebody that I could be friends with because you just put so much positivity out there. Thank you. I, you know, I really try because I, I think that, you know, being happy and being positive and having that mindset, like that really sets you up for success. You know, um, at the end of the day, we always want to be happy and have fun, right? You know, so I, and I think also going through this journey, I see so many people, especially women, um, at their starting point, they hate who they are. They look themselves in the mirror and they're like, I'm disgusting. I hate who I am. And if you have that mentality and if you harbor those negative thoughts, how are you going to get you to the best version of you? Like, it's miserable. I, for me, I was like, no, I'm embracing this journey. I love me at 350 pounds because me at 350 pounds is who's going to get me to be 150 pounds, you know? So I've always appreciated every step of the journey. I just, every, every day you just got to appreciate it. Um, 
and I look at pictures and people say to me, oh, what do you see? Like, how do you feel when you look back at old pictures? And I'm like, man, I'm proud of that girl. Like I look and I, I'm smiling talking about it because I, I look at old pictures of myself and I'm like, yes, like you were awesome, man. And you did this. Like you got yeah. me to where I am today. Like I'm still me. I'm still a happy person. I can just physically do more. And that's like, that's, that's the best reward. Well, I think sometimes it's a lot of people when they lose weight, they think it's going to be the goal to their happiness and it's oh. not they're, It's not going to fix it unless you fix your own mentality. And since you had a good mentality that already is a good springboard to your new physique. And I think that's yeah. why you're also being so, you're so successful doing what you're doing because you had the mindset going in that this is what mm-hmm. I want to be 200 yeah. pounds later. I'm going to be the same person, but, you know. Yeah. The outside's going to be different, but I'm the same person inside. Yeah, and that's so true. And I think also a lot of people go into it um, going, I want to lose X amount of weight. Yeah. I want to be size zero or two or whatever. I want to wear this gold dress. Like that was never me. I'm like, I just want I want to live longer. I want to be able to do things. I want to get on a plane whenever I want. I, You know, like. Those were my things. Like I just, I wanted the experiences that I was missing. It was never about looking a certain way because you can even go through my page and you'll see that I've kept a lot of the same clothes and I've just tailored them down to fit my my new my new outer shell, you know. Um, my style has stayed the same. So I think um, that was like a big key was just like staying true to who I am and my goal never to, to look a certain way. See, I think with me, like I'll buy a shirt that's too small, you know, like intentionally yeah. and like, okay, this event is coming up. I'm going to fucking kill it. I'm going to be the best looking dude <laughs> at this event. I'm going to try, you know, or whatever. And then I'll, I'll hit that. I'll hit that. I'll be able to get that to where I need to be to get into that. Right. But then I'm, I have the bad habit of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on top of the mountain now. You get content. I get content. And then yeah. three weeks later, that shirt's small as shit on me. Or, you know, like when I try to put it, are they, are we going out? Okay, I'll, let me go, I'm going to go change my shirt right quick. And what the, you're like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> like, because it was a short-term goal. Your goal was to fit in that shirt in three weeks' time. You know what I mean? So that, you did it and it that's gone out the window. You have to like make goals that are long-term goals, you know, goals that you can keep for life, you know, like yeah. being able to physically do things. Like that's something I want to be able to do forever, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. when people ask me like how I lost all my weight, you know, I would tell them. Like, I mean, I would break it down for them. I was like, "Hey, this is. I'm gonna send you a screenshot of it. It's like what I did every day, you know." Yeah. And they'd be like, "No, but what did you do?" I'm like, "I literally <laughs> just sent you every step I did." And because you know, everybody wants the magic pill, the e- magic. <clears throat> the easy way yeah. out, right? Nobody wants to. If people want it bad enough, they'll they'll do it like you did, you know, and and. It's just like they, everyone's like, but they would just want the shortcut of the end goal, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I get a lot of people DMing me and they'll say, you know, I had surgery and I'm not losing that much weight. Um, I'm stalling. What did you do? And I said, number one, I, I threw my scale away. Like I didn't, I probably weighed myself maybe a handful of times in four years because I never focused on a number. My focus was consistency, you know, just focus on being consistent. And when you look back, you're going to be to where you need to be. But if you're focusing like every day you're jumping on that scale and, you know, you know you're not being consistent and you're just hoping for the magic, I'm like, don't worry about the scale. Just be consistent. It will work. Like it's it's foolproof. If you just follow all the instructions, 
it'll work. You just got to keep doing it. No, you're absolutely right. You're 100% right when you use the word consistent because I'm awful when it comes. Like, I'll get there and then I'm like, okay, I'll take a couple of days off or, you know, that couple of days ends up becoming like a week or two. And then, you know, just sometimes it's spirals out of control, but I catch it soon enough so I can get back to where I was. And then, you know, I'm just, it's a vicious cycle with me. I don't know why. It's like right. they say, if you're uh, tired of starting over, quit, stop quitting. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And that's like, I know it sounds so cliche when people say, oh, it's a lifestyle, but like it really is like you have to make it like as part of your lifestyle. Like it's not just like I said, a short term goal. Like I want this for now. Like, no, I want this forever. Like change your mentality on how you're going to get there and how you're going to stay there. Yeah, because I know like even the people on The Biggest Loser when I don't even know if that show's still on, but when they lost all their weight. (laughs) They would, mm-hmm. most of them would gain it back because they're not doing the same kind of regimen in their daily mm-hmm. life that they were doing in the show. Well, apparently they and were so like, if you were being sorry. consistent with it, then the weight more than likely would stay off. But if you're just doing it for that short period of time and then you go back to your nor- or normal habits, obviously your habits are going to catch up with you. Right. And that's why it's, it's really important to like, you know, stuff like the biggest loser, like that's hardcore. Like, can oh. you really say I can do this every day for the rest of my life? No, but let me tell you, like with me, when I started working out, I'm like, okay, I can dedicate 20 minutes a day because 20 minutes isn't 30 minutes. That's not half an hour. I, I couldn't commit to half an hour, but I'm like 20 minutes. There's no excuse, right? At 20 minutes, 20 minutes. I can do that every single day. So I started with really tiny, tiny goals that I could maintain realistic stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I could live with that. I could live with 20 minutes a day and 20 minutes a day doesn't sound much, but when you do that seven days a week for four years versus going to busting your butt in the gym for like an hour and a half a day, like you may do that for three months and you're going to burn out. You know what I mean? So yeah. make holistic things that you can maintain and turn into a lifestyle. Like, yeah, I can do this for 20 minutes a day, you know, like just easy things because it may not happen really quick, but it's something that you can do forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. It's kind of like, you don't like the process of getting to the goal, but the results are amazing that you feel good. Your skin looks better. You know, just, it's just all the things that come together when you're getting healthy. Cause when you're getting healthy, you're probably going to drink less. You're probably going to eat less, you know, maybe you reward yourself obviously, but like you just look happier and better, you know? Yeah, it's true. And like when you, um, when you see the, the changes physically, like you're like, oh yeah, like I want to keep going. But when you feel those changes for me, that was when I was unstoppable. I'm like, okay, I feel so good. Like, you know, I'm seeing results, but when I feel the results, that made me be like, okay, I don't ever want to go back to feeling how I felt before. Yes, I was always like a happy, positive person, but I did feel lethargic and I did feel like bloated and out of breath. And it was just not a pleasant feeling. So when I started actually feeling like when my body started feeling the way my mind felt i was like this is great i never want to feel like that again so yeah it's like when i was when i was that that video i sent you that um <laughs> most pictures are probably like a year and a half two years old tony the one that you made oh yeah 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 so like when i when i was working i was working for uh a beer company here in town and one day i just got when i got home Instead of just eating a bunch of shit, like I usually do, I was like, you know what? Let me just go walk from here to the end of the road, which is like a mile or a mile and a half. And I just started doing that every day. 
And then I did it for a week and I weighed myself. I had lost like five pounds and then I was doing IF also, you know, so I was eating all my cal, all my stuff in like a window. And, yeah. uh, I found like when I was doing that, I liked it, you know, but yeah. then I was like, well, sometimes, you know, we go out and stuff. You just can't do it, you know, but like yeah. I was just walking more and every day I would add like five, 10 minutes to my walk, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe from this block at end of that block, you know? And then at one point I was walking like on the weekends, I would walk like just 10 miles in the morning, you know, just, just to do it. Yeah. And all of a sudden the weights are coming off faster and faster. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stick to this now. And yeah. that's when that you just had, I just had to do it because it's like you said about the, your seatbelt thing on the airplane, you know, mm -hmm. I couldn't get my seatbelt on one time and I had to mm -hmm. like, Hey, why are you laughing, man? <laughs> I'm just remembering the day. Oh yeah, so it's it's pretty uh -oh. it's pretty funny, okay? Because like, uh, my buddy that made the video, he's a big dude also, and he's right. making fun of me, right? So fast forward, so I finally got it on. Like I had to like suck it in, like you know, hardcore. And that was, was we were going to Tampa. Yeah, yeah. and like. I was like so embarrassed because I was like, man, who's all watching me struggle with the seatbelt right now? Right. And, you know, and then when we just went on our last trip on the airplane, I think, where'd we go? Miami. Oh, we went to Miami. There's a video of that. There's a video. Yeah. So I made Tony record a video of me putting the seatbelt on and pulling it really tight to That's take a jab it. at my friend because now he still can't put a seatbelt on <laughs> and I can put a seatbelt on easy. And, you know, it's just like, it's just like, you know. And it's just funny, like, I always pick on him and stuff. I'm like, dude, come on. You said you're going to start. You're going to say you're going to yeah. start, you know? And you know what's so crazy about, like, that is, like, something as simple as putting a seatbelt on, like, normal-sized people would never feel what we felt. You know what I mean? Like, it's something so simple. People don't even think twice about clicking a seatbelt on. But, like, my seatbelt in my car wouldn't even fit me, you know? So, like. Like, how did you feel in that moment when that seatbelt went on with ease? Like, were you like so proud? Yeah, it was. Let me find the video so you can send it to her. Okay, I mean, it was it was amazing because I sat down in the chair and I'm I'm just thinking, you know, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes you still think you like the bigger per like the big person, oh. you know? Like, so I sat down and like I was like, oh man, and you know, I just get nervous because I was like, even though I'm half the size, it's just weird, you know? But like. And I put it on and I had like so much extra, like, you know, like the seatbelt thing you pull tight, you know, I probably had like two and a half feet of it. Okay. Yeah. Send me that to I'm going to send it to her. Okay. Uh, and so like, it, it was the, it was one of the best feelings in a long time, yeah. you know, and like, it, it just felt good being able to do that. Yeah. Like little moments like that make all the sacrifices so worth it. You know, it's like just little things like that. And like I said, normal people wouldn't even understand how it feels to not be able to buckle a seatbelt. But when you can buckle it and pull it tight, you're like, yes, like it's just the best thing. Yeah. I just sent you the video of me struggling oh. with the seatbelt okay. uh, and your DM. And I'm like, it's not fitting. It's not fitting. It's not my fault. It's not fitting. And, <laughs> and then uh, do you have the one of from, from Miami? It's the same video. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so you better watch it. It's like only like, what, 30 seconds or something. Okay, I'll, have a, I'll watch it when we get off. I don't know yeah. if I can watch it on I'm not sure how this works. Okay, yeah, yeah. It, and it was just so, such a good feeling. Mm, that's, yeah, that's so good. Because one time we uh, we went to this restaurant in town, and the mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it's like 
you know, the, everyone else was sitting in the same chairs as me. So, but when I scooted my chair forward, one of the one of the rolling things on the chair, the, the wheel broke. And I'm like 350 pounds over here. And everyone's yeah. like, what happened? I was like, man, this chair, y'all set me up. You blamed it on the floor. <laughs> I blamed it on the floor. They had like old carpeting. And the manager was like, oh, man, it's the carpet. Don't worry about it. It's the carpet. Yeah. And after that, I still get nervous sitting in some of these chairs. Like uh, yesterday, we went to a wedding in Nashville. My buddy got married. And I'm like, man, this chair is kind of suspect. Like, you know, yeah. like, but I, obviously I'm still thinking like from then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Those, it's hard to get out of that mind frame, but I, hundred percent knowing me with chairs like so for me like obviously I was big all all the way around but I was I've always been really bottom heavy so I have big hips and really big butt so fitting into any kind of chairs with arms were like so frightening to me um and obviously living in Vegas people always be like hey let's go to this show let's go to that show or let's go to this restaurant I, I don't know about you but I would google the venue and I would google image like the the seats in this showroom and I'd be like damn they're like stadium seats or they've, they've got arms and if they had arm, if anyway had arms on seats where I was invited I would pretend that I had other plans because I knew I couldn't fit in the seats yeah and going hey like I'd be like no I've already seen that show oh no sorry I've got to work tonight I can't make it to dinner because I'm like man the cheesecake factory the cheesecake factory I damn. love them you know how many times I turned down the cheesecake factory because they have those damn little arms on their wicker seats I'm like I ain't fitting in those seats like I just, I don't, and that's where I was like, okay, you are missing out on life. Like it was my, my parents come to town and they're like, let's go see this show. And I, and I pretended to them, no, no. Well, the first time I said, yeah, 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 let's go to see this show because I Googled the seating chart. And then when I got the showroom had been renovated and they had these new U-Butte seats with, with these arms and I was mortified. I squished into the seats and I kid you not, I had bruises on my hips and my parents kept going, are you all right? Are you all right? Because I was just sitting there so quiet because I couldn't move. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But like I went home and I cried and like I, when I got undressed, like I had bruises and like the chair marks on my hips and I was just like, this is really sad. But no one, no one seen that because, you know, they, they don't notice stuff like that. And because I'm always, I always projected myself as, you know, so positive and happy, and I was, but then it was it was me inside that I knew, like, okay, you need to change because you're not having as much fun as, as you used to, you know? So that's where all that kind of stuff like, like, adds could, up. Was it like also, like, was it physically, it was it mentally too? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was mentally. When, like, the physical started catching up, like, when I couldn't fit in seats and, right. you know, it, that's when it started mentally going, like, wow, like, you're you're not you are losing like your happy vibe you know I was always happy on the outside but deep down I was like I'm not happy because I'm not able to do the things that like I used to be able to do you know um and that's yeah that's when I started to to, I I did I started to get really sad and I'm I'm not a sad person you know and that's when I, I feel like it was when my mental started to really change about not being as happy as I used to be that's when I was like okay well time to get that spark back you know yeah. Was it draining to put on facade sometimes? Um, no, because I look, I wouldn't say it was ever a facade um, because I, like I said, I was happy, but it was when those moments would happen, I would, it, it wasn't draining. It was emotional. It was yeah. emotional. Um, you know, there was only like a few people that like I would actually open up to my sister being one of them. And I just remember being on the phone to her and she was in another state at the time. She was traveling for work and I was crying. She's like, Kayla, what is wrong? I said, I'm, I like, I'm, I'm really unhappy right now. Like 
my weight is really holding me back from everything. And she's, she's been my biggest cheerleader in my support system. She's like, okay, well, what do we need to do? Like, let's, let's, let's get it. Like, and I'm like, I, I need, I think I need to have weight loss surgery. Cause this is like, you know, I said, you know, I've tried every diet under the sun and I did, but like I was doing it all the wrong way and I wasn't being consistent cause I'd go so hard and I'd lose a little bit of weight and, but it'd be things that I just couldn't maintain, you know? Um, and then she said, okay, let's look into weight loss surgery. Like, don't let this get you down. Like, you know what you need to do. Let's just look into it. And, you know, she helped me and, oh, she was just like a godsend. So, um, you know, I did, it's important to have like a good support system and people that are in your corner um, when you do decide to do stuff like this, um, you know, and, and yeah, like people, because when people are not on your side, like it makes it harder. So definitely like one of my main um recommendations is you know have people on your side and not everyone especially if you're looking into having weight loss surgery not everyone's going to be for it um but you you have to do what's best for you you know not what's best for the other people. exactly no you were 100 right did you have a lot of like crabs in the bucket type people that didn't want you to lose the weight because they liked you the way they were oh you're not going to be the same person the other person was funner blah blah yes i i i I had, so yeah, I did. Um, that's why it took me quite a couple of years to actually pull the trigger because um, my husband was not on board with it. He was like, I don't want you to lose weight. Like I met you uh, as a big girl and this is who I love and who I'm attracted to. What if I'm not um, attracted to you when you lose weight? And I was just like, man, like that's, you don't ever want your significant other to not be attracted to you, right? Um and so I feel like that's why it kind of took me a little while to, to actually do it um, because I didn't have his blessing um, until, like I said, I, I looked into, you know, I checked up my weight and that's when I was like morbidly obese. And then I was crying. He said to me, I wonder, why are you crying? Because I went to bed crying. So why are you crying? And I was like, I'm morbidly obese. And he's just like, but I love you. And I'm like, it's not that. I said, do you understand? Like, and I told him the whole death thing. I said, like, I want to live a long life. And then he said to me, well, I want you around forever. So if this is what you want to do, like, I'll support you. I tell you, the next morning I called and I was like, I'm, I booked my surgery like over the phone. I was like, okay, I'm doing it. Like, he said, yes, I'm no, there's no turning back. Yeah. Um, it took a while for him to get on board with it. So, um, but, yeah, that's why it's so important to have, like, a good support system. So like my, like I said, my sister was my number one cheerleader from like day one. She's like, do what you need to do. I'm here no matter what you choose. And my husband, it wasn't so much in my corner. I did get him on board, but you know, it, it took, it took a little bit of convincing and, and yeah, like there are some people that they, they, they don't want you to lose weight because they love you and they're afraid that you're going to change, you know? Um, and it's like, well, that's the whole point of it. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I, but I'm, always going to be me but my body's going to change you know so but you know when I see stuff like that and hear stuff like that I just think like that's that's insecurities that other people have and you can't let other people's opinions affect your life that's yeah do you think that you know how you have a close group of friends you know or whatever and like um you have a close group of friends and nobody says anything to you about your weight. And then one day one of your friends says something and it's like, Hey, I'm gonna go help you out. You know, why don't we go to the gym together? You want to look, you want to get better shape for your boy's wedding. Right. I'm like, yeah, okay. So my, my number one cheerleader is 
this mean guy sitting across from me. His name. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So Tony was like, so this was about 13 years ago or something. He was like, because I've been, I've had a lot of friends, you know, and I still have friends, the same friends, you know, and nobody ever said, Hey, you're going to die being a big dude. You know, it's just like, and I never thought about it because nobody ever said anything, you know, it's what we always yeah. just have fun and we go do our things, watch movies and stuff. But like, and then one day, so my, my buddy asked me to be in his wedding and I was like, yeah, of course. And, uh, I can't remember exactly how he, he worded it. He's like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to lose some weight for, how did you say it? I forget. That's Tony. not how it went at all. You came up to me and said, I want to lose weight because I want to fit into the tux that you had to wear. Is that how it went? Yes, that's exactly how it went. Oh, so you weren't, you weren't supporting me either. No, I did. Because this is exactly <laughs> what I said. I said, we're going to start on this day. And then right. the day came and I was like, let's go south for the gym. You're like, oh, no, no, no. And I was like, no, we're fucking going because you said you wanted to lose weight. And so that yeah. was like in 2007, I think that's when Nick got 2007, married. yeah. Yeah, so he started in 2007 and we were going to the gym together. And then he started losing weight. And then uh, we stopped working out together, but he just kept going on and on and on. And then, like, it's his, his you know, journey just kept going from there. But, you know, sometimes it just takes uh, somebody to be supportive, like you said, to get you in the right direction. Yeah, like, it's um, especially when you're starting off, like, having an, an accountability partner, like, that's that's really, um, it does, it does keep you, it does keep you on track. And I feel like, honestly, for me, I feel like social media is my, like, accountability. Mm. Um I in my stories like I'll document my daily workouts like you know nothing crazy but like it's just kind of a check-in to be like okay I did it you know what I mean I'm like damn I haven't posted my stories so like I gotta I gotta do my workout like you know what I mean so yeah like, of course and as you know there's I'm sorry go ahead no I was just saying however you hold yourself accountable whether or not you have an accountability partner or you know like a checklist or something physical that you mark off or, or whatever it is like if you have some sort of system uh, I feel like that helps as well I remember seeing something one time where it was some study that they were having people lose weight and they took pictures of people and they were like, you have to lose this amount of weight by this date. And if you don't, we'll release your pictures. <laughs> and then that forced people to lose the weight because they didn't want people to see them without their shirt on or whatever. In their uh... other form. Now that might be a form of bullying. I don't fucking know, but it is some type of motivation. Like, you know, I don't want people to see this. So I'm going to do this to get that, keep that secret hidden. Is there like a such thing as positivity bullying? Like, cause you know, they, they helped them, they helped themselves by losing the weight. But the reason was because that picture was going to be, I mean, I think it's anything though. I just, any type of like carrot in front of you is just to, to reach your goal or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the thing. Like there's so many people that have so many different perspectives and point of views on things. So, you know, like, for example, you just said like, is that bullying? And some people will be like, yeah, that's going to make me do it. So I think like, I don't think like anyone should judge what motivates people. Um, I think, like I said, just do what works for you. Some people, it's, some people won't agree with it and it won't work for some people, but for some people it will work and that's what you do. So I just think like explore, find something that works for you. And it's like I said, it doesn't always work for everybody, but whatever works for you, good for you. Yeah, I think everything is case by case. Because I remember one time, uh, Mike Tyson, you know, he used to be like an in shape athlete. And then after he stopped boxing, he got really heavy. And then, mm-hmm. like, one of his friends saw him. He's like, What the fuck happened to you, man? You fat fuck. Something like that. And Mike Tyson's like, Those are kind of friends I want around me. Yeah. Like, he's like, I don't want somebody pacifying me, telling me, Oh, you look good, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't work for everybody. You know, it's just you yeah. got to figure out what works for certain people. What's yeah, the. Exactly. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. 
No, I was saying, and then some people would be like, I'm never talking to him again. And they want the friends that would be like, no, you're beautiful no matter what. So like, but you know, like that's, that's the thing. It, it, everyone's different. Cause I know we had one guy on here one time and he said somebody had a conversation with him about him being morbidly obese. And then he's like, you know, I'll show you, I'll get even bigger. So it's like, you can either go one way or the other. And hopefully, you know, if someone says something with lovingly, not maybe how Mike Tyson's friend said it to them, but mm. you know, it just depends on how people accept criticism. You know, yes. not everybody sex criticism the same way. Yeah, exactly. What's the, what's the rapper's name? Um, so there, there's a picture and they asked him, why did he lose weight? And he said, uh, he was holding a baby. Uh, DJ and <laughs> Is that no, one? no. So this rapper is whole. Uh, he has a baby. In his, oh, and Kevin the baby, Gates. Kevin Gates. The Kevin baby Gates. tried to suck his titty, and, <laughs> and he was like, "That was the. That's when he knew he had to lose weight." So I was like, "Damn, man!" Because somebody asked him on one of those. I think it was Adam Driver or something. What's that? Uh, jumper? No jump. Adam Twenty Two. Uh, yeah, I think he was the podcast guy that asked oh. him that question, and he that's when he said that. But. Um, how when you so you lost two hundred five pounds and uh-huh. did you have a lot of skin? Yeah, um, I did. Um, mainly like so, my biggest like areas were my arms and legs, which is quite different to most people because their biggest affected areas are you know like their stomach and and stuff. Um, so my 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 main concern first of all were my arms like my arms skin like I had really big arms before I lost weight after I lost weight like the skin had just hung like crazy uh so that was my first like okay I want to get my arms done if I don't do anything else I'll just be happy with my arms so I did my arms um and that was like a dream come true because I never had ever worn like sleeveless things in my life so that was like amazing and then I had the chance to do um my tummy which was was I had a lot of skin, but nothing like I had seen a lot worse. Um, so yeah. And then I did like my tummy and the next I would be my legs. If I do them, um, I still need to do my legs, but I'm, I'm currently, um, training cause I want to go into a bodybuilding transformation competition oh, actually. Nice. Yeah. Uh, 10, uh, four months from today. So I've been really hitting it hard in the gym. Um, you know, got a trainer kicking my butt and, just really working on building muscle and hopefully um, going in this competition. It's actually a world. It's the world championships. Uh, and it happens to be in Vegas. So why not? Um, Let so me, I'm, really, I'm sorry. Uh, Let me yeah, know when yeah. that is. I'll, I'm, I'll watch it. I'll stream it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's called WBFFs. It's um, August 10. So, you know, um, obviously, you know, there's physique bodybuilders, there's bikini bodybuilders, but this particular competition, they have a transformation competition, um, you know, because no matter, I feel like no matter how much work I put into it, I'm not going to be a bikini model. Like it's just, I, I'm a massive weight loss patient, you know, so our bodies and our skin is all different. Even when you have had the nips and tucks, like everything still sits different. Um, but you know, I'm doing my damn best to be in the, the best shape I can for this transformation. And, and, um, I, you know, and I have a story to tell, which is part of my transformation as well. Mm-hmm. So I just like up on stage and, and just show, you know, show that it's possible. And yeah. Dude, that is, you. that is, that's like so empowering right there. Like you, yeah. you went from this now you're where you're at, and now you're fixing to step on a stage that the world is going to be watching, like online or in there in Vegas. Because I know that you said WBFF, right? It's a big one. Yeah, yeah it's like huge. It's like one of the biggest ones yeah. that do it, right? And like uh, 
Did you, were you when you had the surgery, the skin's uh, the skin removal? Did did you have a lot of downtime? Down I did. Yeah, I had um, about eight week downtime, which for someone that works out every day, eight weeks is a lot to be yeah. sitting. Um, but it was during that downtime that I was like, okay, when I get back into the gym, it's it's on. Like it is on. I wanted to push myself to the next level physically. Um, I wanted to push my discipline to the next level because, you know, after losing the weight, it was like, great, what's next? Okay, well, I need to do the skin. And after I do the skin, that I, I am always chasing the what's next. Like I just I want to keep growing. I want to keep pushing myself. And, and there's like a whole world of bodybuilding that and just a whole fitness world that I've never been exposed to in 30-something years of my life. Um, and actually yesterday I was at a bodybuilding competition all day um, and just being around that environment, it, it just to see the dedication um, is so inspiring. And, you know, I left there going, oh, I've got this, like I've got this, like I cannot wait. Like every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, I can't wait to eat my breakfast and I'm going to go train and then I'm going to go do cardio. Like, it's it's a whole next level of insanity. Like yeah. it is pretty gotta be really dedicated. But I'm just so um excited for to just to push myself. Like I, I do I, I'm excited to be this dedicated. Like I wake up with a pep in my step every morning because I'm like, what's next? Like, yes, like let's explore this world now. Um it's really exciting. Yeah, that's, you know, and I know for a fact, this is what I'm talking to you right now and seeing your content that you're definitely going to do it. You're going to go up yeah. and kick ass. And that- <laughs> oh, man, I, I hope so. Like, that's the goal. Um, but, you know, just, just I think even personally, like, it'll just be so liberating to, you know, my whole life, like, I've always dressed a certain way. Like, people always say, oh, like, how come, like, you always dress so bright and colorful? And for me, ever, ever since I was a kid, it was always to distract people from seeing that I was fat. You know, I would mm. always wear, like, a crazy big bow in my hair or these, you know, fancy earrings so people would go, oh, wow, I like your hair, I like your earrings. And I'm like, yes, they didn't notice I was fat. You know, it was kind of a distraction. So um, for me, mentally, to actually step on stage, A, in a bikini, for everyone to look and judge my body, um, when my whole life I've always just distracted people with my outfits is going to be um, very, very scary and I'm not going to lie, but I I just want to challenge myself, you know. So uh, it, it is it is daunting and don't get me wrong, there are days where I'm like, Kayla, is this something you really want to do? Like I second-guess myself because it's going to be really scary, but like, hey, why not be scared? Why not step outside of the comfort zone? You know, you've got this far, like let's see – where you can go. So I'm really pushing myself to do it. So what kind of message would you send to somebody that's in your position when you first started? Um, positive mindset, go into it with a positive mindset. Um, that would be like my number one thing. And, and honestly, like love yourself because like I said before, you're the one who's going to get you to where you need to be and don't focus on a weight, a number, a size, Focus on just being consistent. Show up for yourself every damn day. You owe it to yourself. That's the that's the mind frame that I got in. It was like, hey, like I did my best, um, but like over something. But you know, your body never failed you. So now it's time to give back to your body. Like you owe it to yourself, and you owe it to your body to treat it to treat it right this time. You start like treat it right. Do it. Do it good this time. Do it properly. 
Yeah, because I always say, like, there's no point of wanting good stuff in life if you're not taking care of your health. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you could be the richest person in the world, but if you have shitty health, the most important thing you want to pay for is your health, not like a nice car or house or something like that. Yep. And unfortunately, money can't buy health. You know what I mean? That's something you have to, like, even, you know, we can work as hard as we want to, to get as healthy as we want. But, you know, heaven forbid, there's certain diseases you just, you know you can't get around but but yeah if you just give yourself the best shot possible yeah i mean perfect example is steve jobs i mean he was a billionaire mm-hmm. and couldn't mm-hmm. fix his cancer you know it was just something yeah. that took him out yeah isn't that crazy now as far as your social media presence go how like do you have a lot of messages from people that are starting out or they look for encouragement for you or share their journey since they saw your content yeah i do actually and you know okay so this this whole journey for me has been not just physical, like it's been it, as a whole, it's come 360 for me. So in Vegas, like I've, I was a costume designer for a show for, you know, the past 11 years. Um, but since having the surgery, I had my surgery in with a company in Mexico. Um, since having the surgery, the company, you know, said, well, you, you're a great success story. Would you want to come work for us? And I was just like, sure. So now... I actually work for the surgeon, Dr. Ortiz, who did my surgery. I work for the company and I run all their social media. Oh, so wow. We, yeah. So it's, it's amazing. So we have, so part of my job is um, I go to Mexico every couple of weeks and I go and I get to meet all the patients because they all know me from social media because I run, we have like a pretty big TikTok account. We've got like, I think about uh, 325,000 followers on there. Oh. Yeah, so the, actually this time last year we went viral for the first time. I had started the account this time last year because um, I've only been with them for about a, a year um, and, I, and I put up a TikTok and it was a transformation one of me and it was like to the sound like, girl, don't do it. It's not worth it. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did like a transformation and it was like, boom, I did it. And it was me in like my, you know, in a, like a pink tutu or whatever. And it, we got like four, about 14 million views on this um, video. So since that video, we've done a a few virals since as well, but the company has blown up. So most of our clientele are coming from TikTok. So they all, they all like know me from TikTok now. They're like, you're a TikTok girl. So (laughs) yeah, it's been amazing. I get DMs all the time. So like I have my personal page, um, but you know, I have the work pages that I run too. So people are always like, when are you going to be in Mexico? Like I want to book my surgery when you're there, you know, people want to, you know, meet me. And it's really like, for me, I'm just like, it's just me. But when you like sit and think to yourself, you're like, wow, like I've inspired people to like A, have a life-changing surgery and B, like choose this surgeon, you know what I mean? Choose this company. Um, it It's just, like I said, this surgery is three, like has changed my life, 360. Like it's just been, it's not just wait for me. It's like I've got a whole brand new career out of it as well. And, and like when I say like this is the best job I've ever had, like, I worked at a male strip show in Las Vegas, like making tearaway pants. Like you think that'd be any girl's dream job, right? (laughs) But this is like the best job I've ever had to be able to literally get to meet people and inspire people and just talk about my journey and help people through their journeys. It's it's so rewarding. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. So not only, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I just, I'm, I'm so appreciative. Like, I just am so thankful for it. Not only did you better your life 
physically, now you're mm-hmm. also doing something that you enjoy doing even more. Yes, and and also and like side note, financially as well. Like oh. it's it's like you know, like it's financially rewarding. So for me, it was just like a win, 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 win all the way around. Like I I am so lucky. Um, and and also like for me, I look at I look at it as like working out now and, and like eating right. Like I look at it as part of my job too. Like this is my job now. Like I, I have to keep up with this. Like I, I can't go back. You know what I mean? There's too many people watching. I can't go back. Like this is part of my job. I gotta do it. And I want to do it, you know? So, yeah. um, but you got to also look at it like that too. Like this is, this is it. Like it's, yeah. So Amazing. in your, in your Instagram name, it's uh WLS and then Barbie. Where did you, how did you get the Barbie part? Oh, okay. So for me, Barbie has always been my just I just loved her. Like since I was a kid, I, you know, I didn't want baby dolls, I wanted Barbie dolls. Um I love her pink, I love her brightness and being like a plus-size girl in the 90s growing up in Australia, fashion-wise there was just not anything. You know, I had to go shopping in the plus-size ladies section. So for me, Barbie was like that creative outlet for me um I wanted this Barbie that Barbie and that Barbie because I needed her dress her skirt her top and I I would always like mix and match like the the clothes because I couldn't wear stuff like that and then when I started getting old enough like I would you know have my basic black clothes and I'll just be dazzle things and I would start like you know jazzing up my own outfits because they didn't exist for me um but for me Barbie was definitely like that inspiration to kind of get creative and fast forward like moving out to vegas being a costume designer for many years like i feel like all that has been barbie like the whole fashion and the everything i just i i I got from barbie and and i know people think oh barbie's like a really negative role model for kids to have because people think oh you want to be skinny like Barbie. And I never looked at Barbie as skinny. I looked at her as like, man, she's awesome. She wears this outfit. She drives this car. Like I never thought I want to be like Barbie and I want to be skinny. Right. I was always like, Barbie said you can be anything. I I want to move to Vegas. I want to be a costume designer. Like I want to wear crazy outfits. And and I, and I was actually, um, I had a, a plus size fashion blog account that I used to do. And I, it, my page has kind of died out since I lost weight on that side. But um, I became a plus size uh, model as well um, because of the way I dress and because of my fashion blogging and stuff. I did like a lot of pinup modeling for for big pinup companies and stuff like that, being 4XL. Um, and honestly, it was, for me, the inspiration was always Barbie. She was like, hey, you can be anything you want. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm like, I'm a plus size model. Like, like who would have thought? So um, Barbie has just yet yeah, always been an inspiration and it was never to be skinny. It was just, I loved her aesthetic and I loved that, Hey, you can be anything you want. And now I want to be strong. I want to be a bodybuilder, you know? So it can be anything. Strong Barbie coming next to Walmart with dumbbells in yeah. her hand. Uh, but no, like people, yeah, I've seen where people say Barbie is negative to a girl's image and like mentally and stuff. But like mm. also I think it's positive because it's showing that this young lady, when she grows up, she can be whatever she wants to be. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's how I looked at it. And, because of because of me looking at it in my perspective that way, like I said, she Barbie inspired me with the fashion side of things and I, I became a costume designer, you know, because the options weren't available to me. I just started making them because I wanted to I wanted to have the dress like Barbie had. So let me hot glue some rhinestones on my dress that you know, so it's it, you can be anything and that's that's uh what I really see the motto with Barbie is you can be anything. 
What do you say when people say that you know you, that you just said you went to Mexico for your surgery? Like when people say, "Oh, you should never go to Mexico for any kind of like procedures or anything; it's dangerous." That's- yeah, I just I think that's ignorance. I tell them do your research, um, and and I'm not going to lie. When I found my surgeon, um, same thing happened to me. I said to my sister, who was my biggest cheerleader, I said I found a place in Mexico, and she was just like, "No," and I said, "Do your research." I said, I, I said, you know me, as I've done my research, if you find anything negative about this doctor or this facility, let me know. She came back, she goes, okay, I can't find anything bad about this company. I said, I'm telling you, like, they're really good. Um, and I had a few consultations here in Vegas and I just, and I'm a vibe person, I go off the way I feel. Mm-hmm. I didn't get any of the surgeons that I met. It was just really rushed. Um, they, it was just not impressive at all. Um, and so that's when I did my research and I just, I, I literally looked up best weight loss surgeons on the East coast, right? Cause I'm in Vegas and I thought, I'll travel, I'll go to California, whatever. And Dr. Elias Ortiz kept popping up. I was like, who is this Ortiz guy? So I read about him. I'm like, he's in Tijuana. Like that's only like basically San Diego is for our drive or a 45 minute flight from me. Like, let me look into it. And I looked into it. Um, and he's amazing. Um, and you know, part of my job as well is like, I, I had such an amazing experience and it, for me, it's not even a job. Like I just want to tell the world about it because people, people have such like a bad taste in their mouth about Mexico, but they just really haven't done their research. And I try to tell people that, and I do, I preach to people all the time. I'm like, you know, Dr. Ortiz is one of the world's, not Tijuana, not America, but he's one of the world's most experienced bariatric surgeons. Like this guy, he, this, he teaches um, at, he just did a course at Oxford University, wow. like teach, and he's not only just a surgeon; like he's a professor. Like he teaches this surgery to other students, and um, so like yeah, he's like one of the world's most experienced bariatric surgeons, and he happens to be in Tijuana, Mexico. And what a lot of people also don't understand or even know that is Tijuana is the bariatric capital of the world, and Dr. Ortiz is obviously the biggest in Tijuana. So that what does that kind of make him the biggest in the world, right? Like yeah. I just think I tell people just do your research, honestly. And no matter where you go, there's good and bad. And I'm sure there are bad, bad in Mexico as well. But there are also some extremely good ones. Dr. Ortiz being that, and same with plastic surgery. Like um, the same company I work for, we do the um, plastic surgery as well. But our surgeons specialize in massive weight loss reconstruction, not just regular mummy makeovers. Like. Their clients are people that have lost to 300 pounds, you know, so they know what they're doing. Um, and our surgeons, our plastic surgeons, they've got like a two-year wait list. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, people go in them because they are just that good. So I think the stigma of Mexico being, you know, I think we're slowly breaking that stigma of, you know, people are doing their research and they're like, like you said, holy cow, like they're that good. Like this doctor has like a two-year wait list. And you know, this, uh, you know, and our bariatric surgeons, like they're some of the best in the world. So definitely do your research. Um, and it's worth it because I know, especially if, if you're paying out of pocket in America, you could be paying up to twenty five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 for surgery, you know, and you can get the same thing for like five grand in, in Mexico. So, um, it's affordable. Like some people, they just don't think they could ever afford weight loss surgery. Their insurance doesn't cover it or they don't have insurance. Um, which was my thing. I didn't have insurance. I was like, this is never going to be possible. Um, and then I found, you know, EUC and was like, wow, this is actually doable. And 
I had the best time ever. It was like, and it was like I went on a mini vacation. It was like a six day like retreat. Oh, it was so fun. <laughs> I was like, they even have surgery. Like we went shopping. Like, oh my gosh, it was so much fun. It's kind of like when they say, when people say, oh, don't go to Mexico for your surgeries because, you know, you'll probably die or whatever. It's like millions of people live in Mexico, man. Like mm -hmm. they're not yeah. all dying and they're all getting these procedures. What are you talking about, man? Like, you know, I've seen yeah. a big trend on TikTok lately, like yeah. people going down to Mexico for uh, the teeth. The teeth. Yeah. Uh -huh. I was like, I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. And then I watched yeah. one guy's video, like his teeth, they're not as they're, they're worse than mine. And my teeth are pretty jacked. Right. And like, it, Tony's like, yeah, they are. <laughs> and like, I was like, hey, man, I go to Mexico, get my teeth. You know, it's like, because like you said, yeah. it's so much cheaper to do it, which I don't understand why, why the fuck it's so expensive in America to do anything. Like when it comes to surgeries and stuff, everything in America yeah. is expensive. Right. Man. But you yeah. go across the border and you get that same can of Coke for a nickel or whatever it is. And you know, in yeah. San Diego, it's $2, you know, it's like, why? Like, yeah, because Americans are not that bright. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're about making money. See, um, and that's the thing. Like, so for example, my sister, she wanted to get her teeth done too. And she got quoted like 48 grand here. And she went over to Mexico and got everything done for, for like eight grand. And the work is so much better as well. Like, that's the other thing. People think, oh, you know, you get what you pay for. Like, no, do your research. Because like I said, some of the best dentists, some of the best surgeons, guess where they're at? They're in Mexico. Like, yeah. they do a let me tell you, like, because, you know, at first when I said I'm going to Mexico to have surgery, people are like, you're crazy. People get kidnapped. I And now I go, like, every four weeks. I'm like, I go and I'm by myself. And, like, well, obviously I'm with my coworkers and stuff. But, like, I feel so safe. The hospitality, everyone treats you so wonderful. Everyone is just so nice over there. I'm like, I love it here. Everyone is just great people and the care like they just they take care of you it's just honestly it was the best for me when I had surgery it was the best medical experience I've ever had through like between Australia America like Mexico they they really treat you well so for people on the fence I say honestly do your research don't be scared and then I always hear a lot of people going like well they kidnap people and I'm and I say you know what I don't think we're the kind of clientele that they really want to kidnap you know yeah. I don't think we're the, ain't the ones they're looking for don't worry you know and what's the doctor's name again? Um, Dr. Elias Ortiz. And what kind of surgeries does he perform, like as far as like plastic surgery? Well, so for, well, he does, he's our bariatric, our, our chief bariatric surgeon. So he does all like the gastric sleeve, the bypass, and then he'll do revisions or, and stuff like that. But um, for plastic surgery, we have Dr. Omar Lazos. Um, and a lot, he's very well known. A lot of people know him. He's, he's, his work is incredible. If you guys like check out his Instagram, Dr. Omar Lazos, like it's mind blowing. Like you'll see, you're like, how is that even possible? You know, like the work he does, I'm just like, you're an artist. Like he really is an artist and he, he loves like the challenging cases. He's, he's incredible. Oh, you don't. <laughs> oh no. You're always, you're always jumping in. So I'm letting you talk. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Uh, so we usually, um, end the podcast. Well, let me ask you, oh, you question, got another question. I mean, oh, sorry. Yeah, so, can you tell us, like, from start to finish, how your surgery, like, the preparation, like, the consultation and all that stuff, like, how does that work for somebody? For weight loss surgery? Yeah. Yeah, so basically, like, what I did was um, I just emailed them. I was for info, and then I got assigned a coordinator, and then all the coordinators, they're all Americans, so they all live and work within the United States. And then I just got on the phone to my coordinator, and I had a couple questions and asked her about it, and 
I think it was about a 45 minute phone call. And when I got off the phone to her, I was like, oh my gosh, like I just feel so at ease talking to this woman for 45 minutes than I did meeting with surgeons in America. So basically like, yeah, just emailed, got assigned a coordinator, talked to my coordinator, said, hey, like I want to have surgery, this, that, and the other. And then she sent me out like a health application. So you just, you have to obviously fill out, you know, your, your, your info and um, if you've got any comorbidities or medications you're on, that kind of thing. And then the surgeon will review it and then he'll give you his, like either approve you or not if he thinks you're fit for surgery um, and let you know what surgery is best for you. And then it's honestly like within three days, four days, you get that approval. And then once you're approved, you're like, hey, just let me book a date. And you, you book your surgery date. You can book um, as little as like two weeks or two years out. For me, I needed to be on the pre-op diet because my BMI was so high. I needed to do that pre-op diet for six weeks. So I said, six weeks on the dot, book me. Um, what does that mean? Um, the pre-op diet is um, because your liver is elevated during surgery, you need to go on like a, a diet to shrink your liver. Um, so, and they give you, they give you it step-by-step step what you can and can't have. They, everything is like there in black and white. You just got to follow it. Um, most people only need to do the diet for two weeks. But like I said, cause my BMI was 62, um, I had to do it for like five to six weeks. Um, so yeah, but most people only need to go on that diet for two weeks. And it basically is when you think about it, it's just, it's lean, green and clean, like, you know, just chicken and, you know, lean proteins, green veggies, no carbs and, you know, no oils and fats and stuff like that. Um, and then you can have your protein shakes and then three days before surgery, you have to go on like a liquid diet. Um, and, but surgery day is one of those days. So it's super easy. Um, and you just have to do, you know, your clear liquids. Um, and then, yeah, that's it. And how long were you down for? Um, I was in Mexico t- for a total of like five days. No, no, six days, five nights I was there. So um, it's like two days in the hospital and then you recover at like the hotel. Um, and then they have nurses and staff there to help you at the hotel and stuff like that. And then honestly, when I came home, so like what, a week, um, I I was, you know, doing costuming then. So I was just working from home sewing. I could get back to work right away. You just... If you have like more of a physical job where you have to lift, push, pull heavy things, like they do recommend about five to six weeks before you can lift anything like over 20 pounds. Um, but most people go right back to work either like as soon as they return home or like the following week. Um, you know, and there's obviously post-op diet that you have to follow. But again, like they walk you through everything you need on week one, week two. It's all there for you. You just got to follow the instructions. That's pretty cool, man. I didn't it's see that. Really cool. Cause I uh, I know I have a friend that had the surgery and um she got she lost a considerable amount of weight from mm-hmm. it and like I said I think she just feels better you know from doing it because I she like you said tried diets and they just didn't seem to stick with her yeah you know this was something that actually worked long term yeah it yeah it really it really does and like the other thing I loved about having surgery in Mexico like it wasn't just like surgery in and you're out that day and like see you later like I. I joined like their Facebook support group and then I made friends that had surgery the same day as me that I still keep in touch with. One girl was just in Vegas. So I had, it was almost like your own little support group, your own little support system. Um, I met people along the way and I, I just, it was a whole accountability thing. Like I just, we were all holding each other accountable. And like I said, it wasn't just surgery. That's it. Like you, you became part of the family when you had surgery with them. Like I said, they took us out, they took us shopping and they took us out for soup broths and, you know, we had a nutritional meeting. Like it was, it was like a big 
it's an experience. It wasn't just surgery. Like it was a whole experience. And I just, I was there for it. I'm like, I love this place. Everyone needs to do it this way. Like it's the way to do it, you know? Yeah. And then so you end up good. working for them. Yeah. And look at that. Full like, circle. cause I was just so passionate about it. I was just like, I freaking love, I just, I do. And I genuinely love the idea of it happening that way rather than going in. Cause my cousin in Australia had the surgery the same day as me. We planned it that way. I said, and how are you going? And he's like, I'm really rough. Like, I feel bad. And now I'm home and I'm, I just, I, I can't do this. I can't do that. He's like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm about to go shopping down in Tier 1. Like, you know, I'm going souvenir. I was like, I'm having the best time. And it, our experience was night and day. And I think also that really set me up for success too, because I had such a good experience having the surgery. It was like, this is great. Like, I'm ready, you know, it's so good. So, how did you get started with your social media presence? Was it prior? Because um, I know you said you had a plus size mm. uh, Instagram at one time, right? Yeah. So, yeah, my social media presence started um, having my my plus size page. I'm really big in the body positive community. Um, and then I never mentioned I was having surgery, anything, because um, my page was strictly just fashion. Mm-hmm. So when I started posting and people were noticing that, like, hey, you're losing weight, but I never talked about it. I started losing followers, you know, I wasn't that demographic anymore. My following really like died down. Um, and then I kind of was in limbo. I was like, what? I kind of need a new identity. I'm like, I'm not Aussie plus size Barbie anymore. Cause I'm not even plus size. And people were saying like, why are you still going by plus size Barbie? You're not plus size. And you know, blah, blah. like I was getting a lot of hate and I said, mm. Oh, just get off social media. Like it's, it's not for you anymore. And then, um, I was still part of the, the, the EOC Facebook page, you know, I'd post my pictures up there and that's where I was actually getting a lot of people going, wow, what are you doing? And asking me questions and it's a private group. Um, so it was, you know, just a private thing. And then I thought, I'm going to have a lot of people asking, maybe I should start another, a whole other Instagram just dedicated to my transformation. Cause if I can help other people, why not? You know? Mm-hmm. And then I just started an Instagram up and and my whole idea about my Instagram was like I wanted to show, you'll see a lot of my before and after pictures are really similar pictures. Like I wanted to show me like bright and vibrant in this picture or even in the same outfit or in a, in a really similar outfit. And I just kind of wanted to show the, the positive side of it. Like, hey, love yourself no matter if you're, if you're starting your journey or if you're two years into your journey. Like I kind of want anyone to come to my page and go at no matter at what point that they're at and be like, Oh, okay. Like, and just be able to relate to it. I just, I never want to be that now from an outsider looking in. I never want to be like that girl that's just looks fit and, and I know what I'm doing. Like, no, I, I always want to be relatable. So if you're coming to my page at 350 pounds, I want you to look at it and be like, oh yeah, I can still, I relate to that girl because I am that girl, you know? So I just kind of want it to be like a happy, safe, positive, vibrant place. And no matter where you are on your journey, like just, you know, enjoy it and embrace it. Now, isn't it kind of odd that the people that want to be body positive would shame you for wanting to lose weight? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's mind It's very hypocritical. It is. I feel like a lot of people in the body positive community are not body positive. Um, Because being body positive is loving yourself at no matter what size. and. And loving yourself enough to, to, if you do want to change, that's okay. And if you don't want to change, guess what? That's also okay. You know, 
Um, and I think that's what body positivity should be about is like just loving yourself. And and if people do change, respect that. That's okay. And if they don't, and if people don't want to change, guess what? I respect you and that's okay. Like I still follow like plus size bloggers and I, I still respect the crap out of them. I'm like, yes, you're doing your thing. Just because I've lost weight, I don't think everyone needs to lose weight. If you're happy and you're doing your thing, go ahead and do your thing. I just think everyone should just clap for others no matter their journey. Um, but unfortunately, people don't do that. And and that's okay because I guess, I, you know, I'm not inspiring to that certain person. And 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 it's okay to hit that unfollow button if people aren't inspiring you anymore and you and you need a you don't want to see that and it's not good for your mental health, go unfollow it. It's okay. Like, does it suck that people feel like that? Yeah. But it's also okay because everyone's entitled to feel how they feel, you know? It's yeah, like I know cowboy. like oh. I know like sometimes uh people will um it like say you lost weight because of you know your health. Like mm-hmm. there's some people that are skinny that are unhealthy and there's some people that are a little bit bigger that are healthier probably than some thinner people. Yes. So you did it for a reason. You like you said you wanted to live longer. It's like you should be able to respect somebody's decision to do something because it's their decision. Like you Absolutely. shouldn't hate on somebody because they're not like you anymore. It's like, how dare yeah. you lose weight, Kayla? That's not fair. No, yes. I'm, I'm following you. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Yes. You know, like, what the fuck, mm-hmm. man? Like, she, she yeah. improved her life, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I got a lot of that. I did get a lot of that. But that's where I kind of had to regroup and be like, okay, well, wow, I'm not inspiring these people. So let me think what I do next. Do I just, call it a wash and get off social media altogether or do I start something else and maybe maybe in, uh, inspire like a whole different community that I didn't even know existed I didn't know the weight loss community existed because I was always in the plus size fashion community like when you're in a in a niche or in a community you you don't really realize there's all these other communities out there and so I just started posting pictures and then all of a sudden I'm like wow there's this whole community and it's such a supportive community um and it's really uplifting and it's honestly it's the best thing I ever did was to start a page because I've just connected with like-minded people and it's really important to be around like-minded people so how would you tell somebody to deal with negativity like either online or in their personal life um ignore it don't let it get into your into your mind keep your mind as positive as possible if people have something negative to say or do Usually it's a reflection of them and their insecurities. It is nothing to do with you or what you're doing. That's what I think. Just people that have those those uh, thoughts and those opinions, it's really a reflection of them. It's not, it's not a reflection of you. So you just keep doing you. Don't let anyone get in the way. Yeah, because I know like they always say like people online specifically will generally mm-hmm. like try to spew hate at people. And it's yeah. just like, why do you want to ruin somebody's day? First, you're going to consume their content and then say something. Like, yeah. if you don't like it, just keep moving. Keep moving, yeah. But the people that feel the need to do that, like, I, I feel bad for them because I'm like, what's going on in your life that you feel the need to stop, take time out of your day to try to bring someone else down? Like, there's something else going on here. Like, you're unhappy with something in your life and I feel bad for you. You know, so don't don't ever take anything like that personal because it's just a reflection on something going on in their life that they're not happy with. Because happy, because if, if you're truly happy, are you really going to stop and put someone down? Are you going to stop and take the time to write something negative to hopefully bring someone down? Happy people don't do that. Yeah. So it's 
it's, you know, it's something going on in their head. So it's a reflection of their insecurities, not you. And it's like, did you really win when you yeah. made somebody else sad? Exactly. And in probably in their sad mind, they did. And that's unfortunate for them. But don't let anybody make you sad. If you're happy, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Yeah, because I know that you generally say hurt people hurt people. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's so true. So, so, like, let's all lift everyone up. Like, let's clap for everyone. There's enough, you know, everyone can win. Like, and be happy for everyone. It might not be the way you want to do it. It might not be what you agree with. But if they're happy, be happy for them. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if you have those people in your life, what do you do with them? You, you don't need them in your life. That's yeah. what you do with them. You don't have them in your life. Because I know, like, this one, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure you heard of him, but Gary Vee, I'm a big supporter of that guy. And, uh, he posts a lot of content about being positive and he's mm-hmm. like, sometimes people will have like a family member, like a mom or a dad or a sister or a brother, whatever that is negative. And he's like, sometimes you just got to cut those people out of life. And it was like, well, that's my family. And so we'll limit your time with them then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like that's- even the same thing, like social media. Like if you have people like negativity come on your page, limit that kind of, you know, interaction with those kind of people, like block Absolutely. them or, you know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And with family, like you, you can't just walk away from family. Family's family. But if that's the case, um, you know, try to teach them. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't, you know, you obviously can't cut your family off, but try and teach them, hey, like try and see things in a more positive light. You know, it might open their eyes, but some people, they're just wired like that. And then like that's the thing. Limit your time with them. Like if you have tried to teach them to kind of take a chill pill and be a bit more positive and they're still doing what they do that's just how they're going to be and it's you know you just got to accept it and that's the other thing like if you're a happy positive person you accept people for who they are and if they're negative that's just who they are and that's okay that's who they are and if they don't want to change that is okay but that doesn't have to be me and that doesn't have to affect me yeah there's a quote i always go back to and it's a tupac quote and he's always talking about how like um i might not change the world but i guarantee you i'll spark the brain of the person that will change the world yeah, like by you putting out content that's positive, like mm-hmm. maybe somebody that's negative will see it and then that might yeah. make them change their mindset or somebody that they share the content trying to hate on you or yeah. hate on somebody, you know, because sometimes people will share stuff just to be a bitch. Yeah. yeah. And then right. like sometimes when people look at it and they're like, it may resonate with them because, no. I, you know, like a lot of negative people want negative people around them like they'll make a joke and they want somebody else to feed into that negativity and if you're like no i don't want to i don't want to jump on that bandwagon yeah no absolutely what's what's the saying um misery loves company company. oh yeah absolutely yeah so that's not the company i want to keep so you you guys have your little tea party over there i'm good (laughs) thanks (laughs) you know well we're not going to take up uh too much more of your time but we always ask people to give some advice. Can I ask the question? Is this my question? I started it. No, I mean, did you can you? go back to, <laughs> we can go back to day one of this podcast. And, and oh yeah. It's so it. funny. So every time Tony says something like a couple of podcasts later, I'll say the question and like, it's like, he's like, bitch, how are you going to steal from me? Like, I just, I just created that question like a couple of weeks ago, man. What the hell? I was like, no, but we like to end. First off, I want to say thank you for coming on because this has been really fun and just talking to you and picking your brain and stuff. And uh, I really appreciate it. And so does Tony. And so the question is, what advice would you give people? It could be on any any topic, any kind of thing. 
Um, well, first of all, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. It has been wonderful. Um, yeah, my advice to people, um, honestly, just be positive, be happy, be grateful and enjoy the journey. No matter what goals you have in mind, be consistent, but enjoy it, you know, because if you're punishing yourself through something to try and get to a goal, like it, enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like goals are, they shouldn't be hard. You should, should enjoy it. And life is here to, to enjoy. So have fun with whatever your goal is. Do something that you're going to be able to maintain, sustain, have fun with it. Be positive. Um, and it's it all it's all in your mind. Like everything that you set out to do, it's our mind is what limits us. So don't let your mind limit you. Like you can do it. Just believe in yourself. You can do it. If you want it, you can do it. Heck okay. yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, now, where can everybody find you? Um, well, come to Vegas. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm on social media. So my personal Instagram is WLS underscore Barbie, Barbie, my American accent, B-A-R-B-I-E. Um, that's just, yeah, I post just before and after pictures, but I'm in my stories usually every day, just kind of doing workouts. And I, if you DM me, like I try to get through all my DMs and I will write you back. Um, so if you have questions, just, you know, ask me, I'm, I'm, you know, like to reach out and connect with people. Um, or if you're interested in weight loss surgery and you're looking, you know, looking more into it, find us on TikTok. We are EOC underscore bariatrics. I run the TikTok page. I also run our Instagram. Um, it's really educational. Like I, every single day I do a TikTok, um, you know, and I go through everything about like what having surgery is like, or, you know, facts about BSG. Then I do silly TikToks with, you know, trends and you know so it's a little bit of education it's a little bit of fun it's a little bit silly um so eoc underscore bariatrics are over there um if you're looking to have weight loss surgery it's it's a good source of um information and education yeah i'll have to look at the information when i do the show notes i'll put it in the description yeah yeah have a look um and you know the i'm the voiceover girl so i'll tiktok to see and you hear that aussie like that's me (laughs) (laughs) do you do any type of mentoring um, no, not like because uh, Raul might need a mentor. <laughs> you have a very infectious personality, yeah, and man. very oh, positive. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, not officially, but maybe that's something we can look into. But no, not officially. I just, I'm just a happy person, you know. And hopefully, it's contagious. You know, that's that's kind of what you want, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I said, that going back to Gary V, he's always talking about how like there's so much negativity in the world, even though the world's not that bad. But that's all we yeah. generally hear about, like. Some yeah. people have a bad day and they'll go on and tweet about it or write a mm-hmm. Facebook post about it, but they won't talk about the good things that happen to them. Exactly. And and like you, you said, negative, negativity loves company or misery Absolutely. loves company. Misery loves company. And I'm such a big believer in like the law of attraction and, and, you know, the power of positive thinking, like ask, believe, receive all that kind of stuff. Like I, I live by that. So, um, you know, what you give out, you get back. So if you're putting negative out, it's a snowball effect. If you bump, if you wake up and bump your foot, and you're like, damn it, oh, this day's going to be crap. You know, guess what? Your day's going to be crap because you just put it out there and it's going to snowball. But if you get up and you bump your foot, you're like, ah, oh, whoops, oh, well. You know, and you keep going and you're like, no, today's going to be a good day. Like, you create it. Like, you got to put that energy out. And what you put out, you get back. So it's really important just to stay positive. Honestly, it really is. Yeah, because I remember um, somebody once said, like, did you have a bad day or did you have, like, 10 minutes of a bad day? Yeah. Exactly. And I remember one time I was at work and 
something was going wrong because I do IT work. And I was like, man, this day, this day is just fucked or whatever. And then I, I yeah. said to myself, I'm like, why am I thinking like that? Yeah. And it literally yeah. changed the course of the day. And it's just like that kind of meant that mindset, like, no, don't let mm-hmm. one bad thing. Cause like you said, it's like the whole thing, power of attraction or law of attraction. If you it, see it, your it, yellow car, you're going to keep seeing yellow cars. Yeah, absolutely. So, and yeah. It, it's, it's crazy how it works. But like I said, our mind is such a powerful instrument like use it wisely yeah yeah really is well we really do appreciate your time and this will be released on tuesday okay parrots tuesday i love how americans say tuesday (laughs) how do you you say it tuesday there's a u in there it's not (laughs) t-o-o-s we're dumb we 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 americans are dumb we just can't even pronounce words right and you're I our second Australian that. we've had on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, really? Sorry about that. Yeah, we had a. I don't know if you ever heard of him. His name is Damien Ryder. No, he's like an endurance athlete. He did like the gold. Went to Gold Coast, didn't that? Like yeah, on a paddleboard. Like oh, cool. Yeah, he went from uh, Bondi to Bondi. I forget the other way he ended, but it was like the entire coastline of Australia. Like, whatever but yeah he's just like you he's super positive and your accents yeah. help out with the positivity because like you could probably curse somebody out and they'd probably be smiling in your face <laughs> but, They'd be like, what'd you say huh yeah. <laughs> but yeah once again we truly appreciate your time it's been fun thank you for, yeah thank you for having me it's been an absolute pleasure you guys are awesome thank you thanks have a good day all right you too, you too. Bye. Okay. bye bye